Zombieologist on Twitter. That was a uh, very newsy of you there. Very announcer yes. like. <laughs> yeah. So, what's this about your cousin attending the Oscars? Yeah, I guess he is a seat filler. And had I known, I probably would have watched the first half of the Oscars because oh, he, oh he, he doesn't he doesn't work in the industry. <laughs> nope, he's a seat filler. He actually does. He's a sound re-recordist. I don't know if that's actually his full time gig currently, but. He is getting into it. So, yeah, he's only there because he was filling a seat. But he was literally right behind DiCaprio, and it was pretty hilarious. So I, I wonder, like, how you uh, get that job. I'm assuming he, you must know somebody. I think he did it so, last year, too, but I, I, I haven't verified that yet. I so rarely talk to him. So, so, it's, like, so, so it's like being a, um, a waiter in, in Los Angeles where – you have a day job, and then you have the the, the career you want to pursue. Yeah, professional. I don't know if it's filler slash sound. That makes it sound, sound a little man. bit more thirsty than he it, it probably is. I mean, not knowing you don't know this, my cousin, and it, I would say that it's probably just a job. It's it's actually kind of shocking. He's the one that's like filling the seat. It just doesn't really seem like in his repertoire. I don't know. It's it's just kind of funny. It was cool to see a couple of screenshots of him right behind DiCaprio. I remember back in college, this is 2000, 2001, I received an email from a friend describing how he snuck into the Oscars and after the show snuck on stage and pretended to accept an Oscar. And that turned out to be John Chu, who whose next film is the sequel to Now You See Me. Oh. Yeah. Ambition. So, yeah, so he he wanted he he, he, he wants to be in the industry. If, That's if I remember correctly, is... he he was in the press room and he snuck his info to Spielberg. Huh. Uh, because I think Spielberg won an award and uh went to the press room and while in there he just like slipped Spielberg his his deets. Well, things are obviously working out to some degree for him, so yeah, good. Save for the, the the gem and the holograms bomb. Well, <laughs> get it out of the way early, and you you'll still you can still survive. It's not a big deal. I just uh, returned from Los Angeles, where I stayed at a mate's flat, and I was taking a shower, and uh, sensed that the water wasn't draining properly. The older I've gotten, the more crazed i get about poor plumbing <laughs> like if a drain isn't draining properly i become laser focused almost autistic about having to clear the drain by by any means necessary and and i, and I wonder maybe maybe i should have become a a plumber because you because get really focused on it like you yeah, have now, to, nowadays the only thing bad, bad plumbing drives me mental like when the water pressure of a sink or a shower isn't strong. Oh, you, you I you probably enjoyed staying at my house. My plumbing is a fucking atrocious. So like so this one shower, you know, I've had this happen before where where 
you just feel like you're standing in a in a puddle because it's not a tub. It's like a just like a box shower. And I tried to unscrew the the grate to the drain, but the screws weren't turning. I you know I had a I first used a screwdriver and then it got a power you know th- those power drills, and then. I, you know, I called maintenance of the apartment building and the guy came while I was away and he's like, oh, it's draining fine. But I'm like, no, it's not draining fine. Can't you see like the white dried stain on the floor? It's obviously not draining fine if there's still residue on the floor after you take a shower. And and so like after like three days, it's just driving me nuts. It's like, it's like the telltale heart. I just can't stop thinking about how this shower won't drain. I realized that the shower is tiled poorly. So it's not like kind of it is, angled it's not graded it's it's just it's like flat and so basically what happens is after you get out of the shower the, you just have to wait for the water to evaporate <laughs> that's how that's how the shower dries the, and on top of that go ahead uh, this just makes me want to pitch you as the asian mario some sort of this, video this, game series this to be a reality show like john the plumber <laughs> john tries to you know fix plumbing issues unclogged i think is the name yeah. of the show <laughs> and on top of that, like this shower had one of those rain shower heads, but the water pressure wasn't strong. And so, you know, that was a problem. It was a like, little I, dribbly. It felt like I was just getting peed on by like 50 men or <laughs> 25 men with two penises, right? Some people is, like that. And I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have like five really strong jets of water than 50 weak ones. And then the sink in this. The sink in this bathroom is like a bowl on a table, right? And the water, it just like dripped out. Basically, I'm trying to wash my hands against the bowl because uh, uh. the water is just not going anywhere, right? And why, the, the, why do they make sink heads that don't extend out? I hate when I'm using a sink where the, where the sink head is just like two, two inches or like five centimeters from the edge of the sink. Yeah, it needs to go a little further you know, in. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to wash their hands against the bowl? Man, you are yeah, livid. I was, yeah, I, I, I was staying with a with a, with someone in Washington D.C. and his shower head was like I don't know six inches from the side of the the, the shower. I was basically like standing against the wall <laughs> trying to shower, and you couldn't tilt the shower head. And I, I was wondering like, who designs a shower head like that? That's bad. Yeah. I know what your version of hell is, and it's like a shitty Lowe's uh, shower section with bad demos and really weak water flow. But yeah, there's, there's nothing more exhilarating. When I was living in New York City, the toilet was constantly clogged, and instead of waiting for maintenance to come, I went on Amazon and I bought a toilet snake. It was like a heavy-duty one. So it's like it's like a fishing pole, but like half of it is a really heavy-duty coil metal coil mm-hmm. with a bulb at the end and basically you stick it in the toilet and you you crank it into the pipe and there was nothing more exhilarating than when the toilet was clogged and i could bust out the toilet snake to jam into the toilet and and crank that crank that sucker in and unclog that toilet was it clogged just because the the plumbing overall was just so shitty not like literally or was somebody like dropping some mad biscuits in there and really well, really ruining the plumbing I think it was a mixture of both. That and uh, <laughs> who I was staying with would also throw Q-tips. Oh, come the, the fuck on. Yeah. So, but the worst part was like you'd pull up the, the after you've unclogged the toilet, you have to like 
because the the toilet snake folds in half, so you have to snap. The, Ugh, yeah, that's yeah, gross. Yeah, and so and then where are you going to store this toilet snake, right? Because it's just been in your toilet. And it's 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 the same problem you have with like toilet brushes or toilet plungers. You well, got to find some find something to store it on after they, you used it. They've sort of designed some of those so they have their own like little carrying thing, but then you never touch the thing that it goes inside of because that's yeah, just yeah, gross. Yeah. That's still no there's still no perfect solution for that. There's poop everywhere, John. It's everywhere. So nightmare plumbing at at uh at my friend's place in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. The National Society of High School Scholars polled over 18,000 high school students, college students, and young professionals on preferred companies to work for. Now, the caveat is that this National Society of High School Scholars has a one-star rating on Yelp, but we will go through its survey. So the top 200 preferred companies among Young people are millennials. Number one, Google. Number two, Walt Disney. Number three, St. Jude's, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, uh, which was number one last year. Uh, number four, Apple. Number five, FBI. Number six, Local Hospital. Number seven, Microsoft. Number eight, CIA. Number nine, Healthcare Service Corp. Number 10, Children's Healthcare. There's, there's a lot of hospitals and a lot of healthcare. I mean... Are you, are you surprised by the list? Yeah, I'm surprised because like I feel like all young people just want to be our Vine celebrities, and and, <laughs> and meanwhile you have like four hospitals here. What's well, good? And, Somebody's gonna have to take care of us. And it, I don't know when I when I was young, no one dreamed about being a doctor. I maybe it's just me. Did you want to be a it's doctor? Re, it's, it's real ironic coming from an Asian man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I did not want to be a doctor. I've actually you want to be a doctor. Do you know anyone who wanted to be a doctor? Who wanted to work in healthcare? No. I'm trying to even think what I wanted to be when I was little. I think I wanted to be like a Lego engineer. That's about all I can really remember like having a passion about. It's like, "Oh, number you mean you get paid to do this?" Number 11 Amazon. Clearly, young people haven't read all the articles about working at Amazon. Uh, number 12 Sony, number 13 Dreamworks. All you'll ever know about these is just what you it's anecdotal, like, yeah, it, you know, Google seems fun. You know, there's like a, a slide and a ball pit or whatever. And so they're just going based 14, on that. Mayo Clinic, another healthcare thing. Number 50, Abercrombie and Fitch. Well, that I, that's a poor decision. I, I they, they hardly exist. I'm surprised Abercrombie and Fitch pulled this high. Um, number 16, the New York Times. Number 17, Starbucks. They mean high. <laughs> I assume that's they, why want, it's low. they want to work. Yeah, they want to work in upper management. Starbucks uh, is ahead of number 18, the U.S. State Department, and 19, the National Security Agency. Okay. <laughs> and then number 20 is Hershey's. This list is kind of all over the place, actually. Yeah. Hmm. I, I do agree. There is a lot of healthcare in there. That's shocking to me. But I don't know. My little sister's a nurse. Yeah. As we get older, I, I know a ton of people in the healthcare industry. It must just turn into one of those things where you want to do it. It's a well, my cousin attended medical school because she wanted an easy job that paid a lot of money. Easy. And so she she went to medical school in the Bahamas. She found some school where you could get a degree in the Bahamas. And she picked anesthesiology as her field because you they, just have to sit there. They make a fuck yeah. ton of money. And Yeah. You get paid well. Um, let's just fast forward a little bit. I'm just looking here. Number 26, Aero Postel. Okay. Number 27, Dell. Dell's still around. Uh, 29, Facebook. 
Shocking uh, to me that Facebook's that low. 38 Whole Foods Market, 39 Adobe, 40 JCPenney. JCPenney still around. Let's see. Everything. 49 CVS. People want to work at CVS. This list is spiraling. Yeah. It's 49 CVS, 50 Build-A-Bear Workshop. Uh, Why can't we just... They should just have a number and a caveat that just means, like, I want to work in the mall. Because that's what a lot of these are... That's where they're getting. All right, that's enough. Right. I mean, there's a lot of healthcare on this list. So it may, maybe there is hope for, you know, the, the, the future of America. I saw a picture of Steph Curry signing stuff for fans in Oklahoma City before a game and i was thinking about before saturday's why do people, ridiculous yeah. game yeah okay. well, why well, well way to date this podcast <laughs> why, why do people get autographs i feel like they're worthless like what's the point of autographs why why do we have such a why do we place such a premium on on something that's just a scrawl yeah right okay so when i was here's my autograph story so I wouldn't ever wait in line for an autograph. I have like one cool autograph. I have Sting's autograph from a rest, the wrestler Sting, but I didn't okay. like wait in line for that. And it's old Sting too. It's before the Crow version of the Sting. So that's pretty cool. But anyways, uh, that's the only autograph I think is going to be cool that I have. But I remember going to a Warp Tour and standing in line for some dumb reason with my friends because we wanted an autograph. And because of that, I missed, I missed a band that I really wanted to see, and I can't remember who I missed, or I may have ended up catching a little bit more of them. But after that, I swore off. I was just like, "Why did we stand in line for this? All we did was get sunburned, and and I, I have nothing. I don't even have the autographs anymore. I think they signed the the book that came with the tour, and I just threw it away. Like it makes no sense. And I missed a band. People spend a lot of money for autographs. Like I, you, you go to wrestling conventions, they'll charge you. To, and 20 bucks for a headshot and then they just scrawl their name on it if it was a matter of convenience and you're just like hey hey ted dibiase sign my leg you know whatever i'd probably fucking do it if it was convenient but it wouldn't i wouldn't think it was really that cool i'd rather just meet him say what's up but i also wouldn't wait in line for that sort of thing either i don't this get, is, i don't get it autograph culture is it, strange this is yeah, yeah you think about like those sports memorabilia conventions people paying all this money for like a signed baseball or a signed baseball card. Or Pete Rose is opening a Cinnabon and you can go get his autograph. Like, what the fuck? Every time I go to Vegas, Pete Rose is signing something oh, at that, that store in the Caesars Palace yep, uh, mall. That's, that's literally the last place I saw him at, actually. Exactly. He's always there. But, but yeah, th I think this is the upside of selfies, right? With a selfie, you're actually in the photo with the celebrity. Well, there's a little bit more uh, gain value there. Like you yeah, see yeah. yourself and them. It makes a lot more sense. Here's, right. Here's a headshot of of me autographed. Like what? It seems so weird. I think I own oh well, I have a few. I have some autograph books. I don't know why I have them. I think the only time I've ever pursued autographs, I I convinced my parents to take me to Comic-Con before it was quote-unquote Comic-Con, you know, not quote-unquote caps comic-con and you were there um, before it was cool yeah yeah and uh i got um it was duck edwing and sergio aragones who drew for mad magazine and i was big into mad magazine back then and so that's cool at least they you know drew a little picture in addition to just 
scroll. Yeah, you got like a, you have like a tiny piece of art, a little bit. Yeah, sort of. yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't Tim and Eric like send Bob Odenkirk autograph pictures of themselves with the tape, the like the original stuff that they sent him? Oh, I didn't know that. That's that's a good idea. I see, and that's, that's that's funny. Like, there's a joke there. Yeah, he's yeah. like, who, he opens this thing up, and he's like, who who are these guys? And there's just autograph headshots, and you know the headshots were probably ridiculous. Right. And it's I, I it's like funny. stories like that, like that that kid who gamed the Google search engine to get a job from them. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. What did he do exactly? I remember the story. Just I, I don't remember, but when you would search something and his name would come, oh, his up name would pop up. Yeah, he he gamed yeah, the SEO a, on it. Is what he did. Yeah. yeah, that's right. As an aside to autographs, I'm I'm feeling very ranty. I hate when I see people holding pencils improperly, like with four fingers gripping the you know the the, the front of the the pencil. It's three fingers, right? Well, You're supposed to use three fingers to hold the pencil, and there's four. These people are like they've got. They're like strangling the pencil with all their fingers or people who hold it like the thumb is wrapping around three fingers. They're holding it like a caveman. I've seen some strange autographs like, you know, because I see people sign our thing at work when I'm, you know, run a run a purchase or whatever. But like, I don't see anything that crazy. I'm sure I have, but people write very differently. A lot of people do. And that's just bad. Just gripping it like yeah, a big, like a we big should be, kid well, crayon. I, 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 I don't know that our schools are teaching uh, children how to hold <laughs> pencils and pens properly now that everything's typed. Well, yeah, nobody knows cursive anymore. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. All right, I, I saw this article: Miller Coors sued for not producing Coors Light in the Rockies. A class action lawsuit is alleging that. Although Miller Coors claims to exclusively brew the beer in the Rocky Mountains, it has in fact been brewing it in other locations across the country. How can it be as cold as the Rockies if it's not made right, there, right. John? So Miller Coors at Miller Coors say that you know Miller, Miller Coors Miller Coors advertised and markets Coors Light beer is proudly brewed in the Rocky Mountains tradition. When the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. And what will we be without our mountains? The plaintiff writes, based on this and other marketing, reasonable consumers believe that Coors Light sold in the U.S. is exclusively brewed in the Rockies and not in other parts of the United States. He also suggests that these false advertisements have allowed Miller Coors to sell Coors Light at a premium price, a price he says he would not have paid if he knew it was exclusively brewed at the brand's Colorado brewery. And a 24 pack of the beer sells for 15 bucks, the premium price of 15 dollars. Uh, <laughs> um, that is not a premium price for beer. <laughs> so, good good luck with this lawsuit. Well, you know, I'm just had, had, you read would, a little further. Would this have ever fooled you? I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? It's Coors Light, right? I wonder. Like authenticity doesn't bother me. You know, there are people who say like, oh. Bagel, Brooklyn bagels taste better because the water in Brooklyn is special. And I'm just like, whatever. You know, a bagel is a bagel to me. Well, it's good or it's but good. Then, it's good then, or bad. Yeah. Then you read on this article in May, Miller Coors was su- sued for claiming Blue Moon was a craft beer when it is actually mass produced. That's a fair lawsuit, right? 
but the case was thrown out by a California judge. Well, and hi- they don't the, see the problem is is that's just an education problem. Like they actually don't really try to sell Blue Moon as a that craft e. Like they don't they don't really market it like that. They just market it as a beer. They really do. If people don't understand that a major brewery owns that beer, that's their fault. And they're going to get even more confused out there in the market because it just continues to get worse. Everybody's getting bought up right now. Anheuser-Busch was ordered to pay $20 million for duping customers into thinking Bex was a German beer when it has been brewed in St. Louis since 2012. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's another marketing thing. It's successful marketing. It's green bottles, which alludes to German beer. Like, I'm sure it was kind of maybe unsaid you know i don't think they said it's like like semantics you know yeah i Uh, mean you're allowed to do these things and it's just because you're an idiot you fall for it doesn't mean you get to sue someone and as bush was also ordered to reimburse consumers for leading them to believe kieran ichiban was made in japan oh see i know that isn't i get it when i go get sushi and i don't i don't give a shit it's a fucking shitty rice beer who cares i'm looking at uh the comments it says like sapporo is actually brewed in Canada and imported the U.S. so they can print the word imported on it. Yeah. <laughs> and not get in trouble. All you got to do I is mean, look at labeling a little bit. It, I mean, I personally, I feel like beer is beer, but, you know. that That's a podcast for another you, day. You would dispute it. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, does anyone really care whether Bex is really brewed in Germany? Well, okay. Does it really make a difference? I'm a huge beer snob, but part of that, you just have to educate yourself in what's going on. I don't feel sorry for anybody who feels like they've been duped. You you need to just educate yourself. It's it's a lack of understanding of a the business world, b the marketing world, and c just being kind of uh, an aloof idiot. I mean, I just don't know <laughs> why anybody would give these lawsuits the time of day. I could understand like the Bex one because I'm trying to think of their advertising. They said it was made in fucking Germany. Then obviously that's fucked up. But I'm assuming they're too smart for that. And they never said anything like that. So what are the grounds? Just because the bottle's green and it alludes to that? That's just clever marketing. It's good. Good for them. Related. I saw this article. In Australia, McDonald's is unveiling McFlurries made with Cadbury cream eggs. And I just want to say that I find Cadbury cream eggs to be so foul. I hate them. They're so gross. And I can't believe this is happening. But... It seems like internationally, people love these cream eggs. I just don't like that they're filled with cream. I never like that. I would eat the chocolate and then just like dump the cream. So where do you stand on Peeps? Would I'm you not eat- a Peeps guy either. But would you, I'm, I'm, would not you- a, I'm not an Easter candy person. Okay. All right. Keep the p- pastels to, your, to yourself. All right. Have you heard of uh, this film, Nine Lives? I have. I just stumbled upon it. Kevin Spacey becomes a cat. Yeah, I watched a trailer Ke- a while ago. Okay, I see. I don't. I I don't watch trailers online, so I just stumbled upon this. It looks like liar liar, except instead of not being able to lie, Kevin Spacey just becomes a cat. They force him to be a cat for like he needs to learn a life lesson, I think, and they force him like yeah, yeah, magic. That's, that's what happened in Liar Liar. Yeah. Um, he, he magically becomes a cat to, you know, get his life together, get his shit together. Tom hates cats, but he is without a gift for his daughter's 11th birthday, and time is running out. His GPS directs him to a mystical pet store where the store's eccentric owner 
Christopher Walken, presents him with a majestic tomcat named Mr. Fuzzy Pants. En route to his daughter's party, Tom has a terrible accident. When he regains consciousness, he discovers that somehow he's become trapped in the body of a cat. Okay, so I feel like I say this a lot on the podcast, but who the fuck is this for? I feel like we need to we need to have another podcast entirely called that because we could f- try to figure out who the f- fuck this shit is for. And so, and it's from it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who was once a respected director. No, no longer, no longer, no the longer case. since Men in Black Three and Men in Black Two and Wild Wild West. He's a he's a puff. Actually, he wasn't he wasn't really a respected. He was a he was, he was a respected cinematographer. He, he, he was the Coen Brothers cinematographer in, in the eighties, and then basically directed a bunch of puff pieces. I mean, just yeah. fluff, nothing. So look yeah. out for Kevin Spacey as, as five five writers. Look out for Kevin Spacey as a cat in August. Even weirder, I saw this. It's uh, I saw this article about hentai came into colon the abnormal crisis it's a sequel adapted from a cult manga following the adventures of a hero who derives his powers from a pair of ladies panties worn on his face (laughs) so it's a panty sniffing hero and does he have superpowers i think he becomes i haven't seen the first one and i'm not unfamiliar with the manga but it appears that yeah it becomes super when he puts the panties on his face on the poster He's wearing Borat's swimsuit, some variation of it, fishnet stockings, and panties on his face. So, hentai cayman, two. Are, are, are you going to seek it out? I, I I should check out the first one. Yeah. It said it went on a lengthy festival run and racked up awards around the world. How did you not run into it? I don't know. I don't know. Right. And I saw Spike and Nickelodeon are teaming up with the producers of Lip Sync Battle to develop Lip Sync Battle Junior. <laughs> Live action kids bop, you mean? Yeah. Essentially what it is. And I wonder, like, will will the lip syncers be celebrities or are they just going to... Be kids. Just little... Be kids. Kids lip syncing. Like, <laughs> do you know that Lip Sync Battle is produced by John Krasinski and Stephen Merchant? A John Krasinski would make sense because he was kind of at the forefront of when that started to be a thing on when Fallon was doing it. So I'm not surprised he's he's mainly involved. But Stephen Merchant? Yeah. I mean, I know he's been yeah. on it, but I would not have pegged him to be a part of the production of it. Um, it's all the fun of lip sync battle, only smaller. Okay. And then, in addition, sister Viacom brands are also developing special editions of lip sync battle events. So BET lip sync battle, CMT country lip sync battle... It's it's easy logo, to spin off. Yeah, logo gay lip sync battle. Maybe um uh what is it? Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti Showtime lip sync battle. <laughs> that might be lost on some people right now. Yeah. Let's transition from that into a little television lightning round. All right. We watch a lot of television. I'm not sure like I watch more than you do. I think you may watch more than I do. Uh yeah, and I and I do feel I do feel like our quality levels are are varying i watch some shitty stuff and i feel like you watch some some pretty bad stuff as well we mostly watch all the good stuff i mean that's a so opinion, uh i thought we'd just touch on some of the stuff we've been watching and let's start with walking dead the most popular show on television so <laughs> this is how i feel about walking dead this character negan better be like amazing the way walking dead fans are talking him up i f- i feel as annoyed 
about this Negan character as some people felt about Game of Thrones book readers. I just like, I, I, I hope he's as good as promised. I don't know if it, I quit reading the comics before he was in it. So I'm not entirely sure what to expect. I, I don't think he's going to live up to anything. It's not going to course correct. It's not going to make the show great again. If it, it was but never it, great, but the, a lot of people would would beg to differ with you. They find you know this half season to be fabulous. Really, so. the guy with the fucking fake beard and Jesus hair, like it's all glued to his head. Come on, it's bad. The show's bad. I was watching the I think it was the first episode back where they killed off. <laughs> That family, the mom and the, and, the, oh, and the two sons. So quickly. And during that scene, I was thinking to myself, is this a dream sequence? Like, this is ridiculous. Well, and then it turns out, nope, it's not a dream sequence. That's how we're going to get rid of this family. It was it was really lazy. And why, why not kill them off at the, the end of that first half of the season to at least give it a little more oomph? No, instead they just kill them off in the next, the continuation of that, which was two minutes in. And then they're dead. And they serve no purpose. They were worthless. Nope. And last word on this. I like that the Sam, the the, the little boy, the actor's name is Major Dodson. But, I like that name. That's His, his huh. name is Major Dodson. Well, that's his only redeeming quality because I think he sucks yeah, as an actor. Redeeming. Okay, Shameless. I like Shameless because <laughs> I like shows about poor people struggling and hustling and... Um, I like the characters on the show, but um, I, I'm not sure they had any idea how to how to fill this season. I was expecting a a good season because Shameless alternates seasons, like physical seasons per season. So I think season one was uh, summer, and then season two is a winter, and season three is summer, mm-hmm. season four is winter, season five is summer, and we're back to winter here. And the winter seasons are considerably better than the summer ones it's just been an aimless season and it feels like in the last episode they pivoted story arcs so they like wrote half seasons we'll do a half season of this arc and then we ran out of story so we'll just change the story and the stories aren't particularly gripping like lip has an affair and now he's in a sorority house debbie's abortion she wants to keep her baby that that story arc is not good carl's arc is okay but then you know they, they killed off his friend and so i don't know where where that story is going and so we'll see we'll see how it goes I, I still like watching the show it's just it should be better for a winter season i think it's uh, this is a first disappointing winter season i yeah. i actually didn't finish the last half of last season so i haven't even started this one i will at some point but even with the spoilers there it doesn't really dissuade me from from catching back up so that's good you're watching billions I am one of the unfortunate souls watching Billions. How is it? It's 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 okay. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know how how else to frame it. It's not great. It's trying to be really good. It's trying to be a great show, and it's it's not there. It's I I don't think it, it even has a chance to be. I I think it's one of those ones that just has a a little bit more lofty lofty goals than it, it will ever achieve. I think obviously casting Giamatti and Damian Lewis, there there could have been at least a little bit more done with it. Damian Lewis doesn't not, really do it for me, but Giamatti, I mean, it's his first TV deal, and it's kind of a mess. I saw that Metallica oh. was on the show. Yeah, he's he's a big Metallica fan. They really they really make sure you know that too. Plays it in the the Bentley when he speeds away and does all the shit. It's stupid. They they basically make I don't know 
if it's possible that to make Metallica less cool than they already are now, but they've they've achieved that by sticking them in the show for an episode. The Magicians. The Magicians is I the Magicians I love the books and so I, I come in I guess biased because I have my vision of how the the book should be adapted and HBO was trying to adapt The Magicians for a while before sci-fi picked it up and when I first saw the the teaser for The Magicians I thought like this looks like a dark prep school show this is nothing like how I envisioned it and how are these characters going to turn into geese and fly to Antarctica which they did in the last episode and how they did it uh, you know the characters have uh, the main character has a, a like a seizure and then he falls over a wall and the next thing you see is a goose because obviously <laughs> sci-fi doesn't have the money for the effects and the transition the they, could, they couldn't have shown the yeah, transition yeah, yeah. and like you know for now it's fine because they're at school they're learning magic and so you can get away with limited effects but you know, this book two and book three are set in a fantasy land and in the underworld, and I just don't know how how they're going to pull it off. And in addition, like the books are structured so that one of the main characters disappears in the first book and appears at back at the end, and then they tell her backstory like they told Don Corleone's backstory in The Godfather Part Two. So they wait until the second book to tell her backstory in the books. And on the TV show, they're trying to do it concurrently, and I'm not sure that's that's working out. So when did when did so, you read these books? How a old few years they? ago. Yeah, I'm not really that. I'm not yeah, familiar the, with them at all. Yeah, it's better than I expected, but it's not. It's not great. Is sci-fi a part of that, or does that have anything to do with? Would they? Would it be better if they had more leeway on HBO? Is it budgetary, or is it just not that good? Just uh, in general, the budget isn't isn't restricting it that much. No, also like the pace. Like it feels. I read the, the first being details, but it feels like they're stalling in some episodes. And then in some episodes, it feels like they're speeding up too much. So it's so, it's, it's it's a pace right now that's killing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The grinder. I I wish this the situations, the comedic situations on the grinder were more interesting because I think the cast is terrific. I think Fred Savage is very funny on the show, and I, I think the actor who plays his son is very good. And you know, Steve Little's on the show. Natalie Morales on the show. There's lots of people I like. But the the actual store, stories or situations just aren't uh, typically very interesting. They've brought in Timothy Oliphant playing an exaggerated version of himself into the show for a number of episodes. And those have been highlights. But yeah, just like normal law situations just aren't particularly engaging. So it's all about Fred Savage here. Do you Is, is this going to get a second season? I'm not sure. You don't know if uh, it's going to get renewed? Yeah. But if it's not, I'd still like to see Fred Savage act more because he's he's very good. He's surprisingly competent as a comedy director as well. He's a skill. He's a, he's a pretty skilled guy. That's good. I mean, those kids turned out okay, right? Doogie Howser, Fred Savage, Fred Savage, Winnie, and uh, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> it's uh, not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh God. So. I got sucked into watching or catching up on American Crime because all the critics are uh, raving about it. Is there any way you could talk about this spoiler-free, just in case I go back to this mm. se- season? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. This, the story is basically um, a boy is a boy accuses kids of of raping him at a, at, a, at a party, and then they start peeling back the onion, and and you know. It t- touches on racial issues and sexual issues, et cetera, et cetera. 
And it's okay. Uh, I think it's stylistically. Stylistically is where it shines. I like the sort of like the tone and the feel of the show. They're they're doing things that you, you just don't normally see on television. And did uh, you watch season one? No. And that and that was not that great in comparison to season two. This has ramped up and gotten better, right? Um. Well, I, I can't compare, right? Well, based on uh, critic critical yeah, yeah, reading, yes, yes, that's what I've gathered. Well, um, and so we'll we'll see how it plays out. Like, if you like watch the show, he'll introduce creator John Ridley. Will introduce characters just out of the blue, and then he'll revisit them later on. And so it's like a puzzle piece coming together. And it's an like, anthology has, series, right? I mean, it doesn't have yes, anything to do yeah, with season one. It, for uh, those so that like, don't know, yeah. So some of the actors played different characters in season one, and so they, you know, and Andre three thousand is wait uh, what on the show? Oh, I haven't uh, seen him act since the Shield. Yeah, he's an indignant father who 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 leaks information about a, a troubled mother. Ah. Oh, um. And one thing American crime does is characters will swear and say words you, you can't say on, on network television, and the screen will go black while they're saying it. So it'll go silent and black. So they don't even want you reading lips or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I was watching some other show where curse words were silenced. And I got to say, I feel like I'd much rather hear the sound because sometimes I just feel like my audio is cutting out. <laughs> Oh, so you'd uh, rather hear the you, beep? Yeah, like, so I know that they're swearing. Um, you know what I'd curse- prefer? I'd prefer the Killer Bees buzz, the Wu Tang buzz, overall swearing I, on television. Like, yeah, I, 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 I long for the days of cops where you would hear the, the, the beeps. Well, it gives you a count, and it kind of at least keeps you there because it goes with the beat of what's being said, and then yeah. it doesn't break it up as much. So maybe the the black screen. Uh, the the black flashing does help. I feel like that would take me out of it, but I guess I'd have to see it. And you know, meanwhile, on American Crime Story, uh, FX is letting the F word fly. We got the first motherfucker on. And, and then the last episode, there's another John Travolta says fuck. Yeah. So they they're being very lenient. Um, what and 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 so far, what do you think? Do you like it? It's interesting. Like they're 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 crossing uh, a line that is to this point. Not really been crossed, right? I remember FX first crossed the 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 shit line with the shield, and now like Comedy Central, once they hit the ten o'clock hour, oh, it, they'll let shit fly everywhere. And TBS, TNT, they'll let shit fly uh, in the ten o'clock hour. So now we've reached, you know, we're tiptoeing over the fuck line, and we'll, we'll get there soon. Where we'll, 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 we'll will it. South Park be the same? Well. So, but I mean, your opinion of the people versus OJ? Do you? I mean, are you liking it? I enjoy it. Yes, I think um, it's probably one of the funnest shows to watch on TV right now. And it's it is enhanced by uh, live tweeting. Lots oh, of. Uh, I haven't been following uh, Twitter with it. I don't watch it live or while it's going. It's, so it's very. It's like doubly entertaining. Oh, that's uh, too bad. I'm missing out on that because I'm, yeah, I'm so, thoroughly so enjoying you have, it. You have to watch it live and suffer through FX's interminable commercial breaks. I, I don't I do not do that. And it, and it, the shittiest part, just while we're on it, is Cuba Gooding Jr. is the worst person in it. His OJ is so bad and whiny. Everybody else is, is great. He, Tra- he was the first choice. And Travolta is reading off a totally different script, and I love it. It's amazing. He's not even on the same page as anybody else. It's just ridiculous. I read this story where 
Travolta did the makeup himself. Like he hired a makeup person to do the makeup and then he sent it to Ryan Murphy. And he's like, what do you think of this as makeup? And Ryan Murphy's like, oh, I don't know. And then Travolta said like, well, I asked Tom Hanks and Oprah about it and they liked it. So no, you know, let's just use this makeup. <laughs> this is true. This is amazing. This is I, 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 this is just true. That's yeah. fucking great. I asked Tom Hanks and Oprah and they said it was good. Oh my God. He, he's probably the least, he probably looks the least like anybody he's supposed to look like out, out of anybody else on the show. Like everybody else mean, is like, pretty, pretty good. Bully for John Travolta. Remember, he's, he's been working since the seventies, right? No, I have and, no problem. I give him a little leniency and let him kind of do it. And I think he's, he's, he's doing something that no one else on television is doing at the moment. And I think it's great. Broad City. You're watching this. Yes. You like it? I like Broad City. I um I watched the the pilot episode and didn't feel it and then people were raving about the show so I like binged watched it the first season and like the last week of December when I before I was doing some best of television thing and yeah, binging it is I, not, I don't know. not I don't I, think I just it does don't any I just don't feel the show. I know people love it. Uh it's it's not for me. So you just not find their humor funny? No. No. I think they're ridiculous. I don't know. I like I like them. They pair well together. I think they're they're a group of, you know, there's always pairs. Bob and David, Tim and Eric. I think Alana and what's her butt work really well together. It's it, Man, I, and I think it's better. Man seeking woman. What do you think of it? I think it is under the radar one of the better short shows on TV that no one talks about. At least, at, at least what I see and read. I feel like *The Man Seeking Woman* should be a fifteen-minute show. I, I like its conceits, like it, uh, it's um, plays on r- relationship narratives. But sometimes I feel like they they drag too long. Well, and if the concept that they're that they're doing isn't the strongest, it's really it's it's a little bit excruciating, and it, the show does feel a little longer. Some of them hit really well, like the Santa Claus episode. I thought that was pretty strong, and that didn't feel like it was too long. It's definitely less sketchier than it was in its first season. They're letting sketches breathe, and sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing. No, yeah, I I think it's under the radar. One of the one of my picks for the better better shows on TV, but I, I I feel like that it could run its course. Easily, a third season might be as as far as it needs to go. Like that might be enough conceptually. So baskets. So baskets for me knocked off Nathan for you as the best comedy on television, and I think it's the best show on television it, right now. It is currently my uh-huh. favorite show on TV as well. And uh, how how do I put this? When I hear like people talk about the comedy scene, like comedy bang bang and. Um, all those people in the comedy scene, I just, I think it goes uh, along with like Broad City. I just don't get it, right? And I think in my my old age, I just, I just want more drama. And I, uh, and I think Baskets is just like the right balance of drama and comedy. I, I like my comedies to be more dramatic than, than, than comedic nowadays. I, I, I think. Is that a relatable thing, or is? No, I just like the feel of it. The feel of baskets where it doesn't try to be funny. The comedy will be will come up when it when it, it when it does. It bubbles up w- yeah, when the, it does. Yeah. I hear people say like the best comedies are often dramas. Uh like, you know, Breaking Bad and Mad Men. 
Well, when the moments hit and you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. expecting it, it's that much more satisfying. I, I, I just feel like the the, the the dramatic elements of baskets tie the show together better than the show that's just goofing off. And Louis Anderson is a revelation if, as the mother. It, it will be a disservice to everything if he is not at least nominated for an Emmy. I, and I, it's yeah. unfortunately probably a long shot. Here's the thing. Zach Galifianakis is in this show, and he's the third. He's my third favorite person in the show. He pro- actually technically might be my fourth based on him being the main character, and then I probably like his twin more than I like him. So there's, I mean, he's the, he's third billing to me. That's how great other people are in this show. So I I, I hope uh, this is a a sleeper hit. People uh, catch up on it. Well, we've already got at least some confirmation on a renewal for season two, so yes. that's good. And then and then there's Workaholics in Portlandia, oof. Which yes, oof is right. Um, I uh, last season I. I struggled through, I slogged through last season of New Girl and, you know, I, I, I told myself, that's it for me. You know, that, so like Mo- Modern Family, I stopped watching in the fall because they had this angle with Adam Devine on Workaholics and one of the daughters on Modern Family, a will there, won't they relationship that just went on forever. And I'm just like, okay, that's enough, right? That's enough Modern Family for me. But I got sucked back into watching New Girl because of the critical the critics raving about how 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 good it's been this season and it's fine without I, without without Zoe yeah yeah with with Megan Fox in in place of Zoe Deschanel and I'm I'm on that area of I want to say that's it for me with Workaholics and Portlandia but I I still end up watching them every week and they're just they got to wrap it up Portlandia's got to like just end the show same with Workaholics you guys are doing other projects you're on other shows. Go do go do those instead. You know. Well, at least we have a definitive end for Portlandia, but workaholic. So that's what I've heard. Portlandia is ending. Yes. Yes. I, this is the last season. Okay, I good, think because it's not been good this season. And like workaholics, I feel like they're keeping it on just because the 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 curly haired one, uh, Blake. Yeah. Probably can't, probably isn't getting the jobs that the other two are getting, and uh, the the other ones have an easier time filling roles elsewhere. Blake yeah, yeah. Blake struggles. It's like a, it's like a favorite in like all right. It's it's bad. It, it I'm I I have a hard time breaking up with shows. You know that. I start something and I usually just finish it to the bitter end. If Portland is ending, I'll write it out. If Workaholics comes back for another season, no, no. And I'm sure it will. I think it's yeah. probably still pulling enough numbers that Comedy Central could justify it another season. Good riddance to to both though. Oh, when did you know that lip sync lip sync battle is Spike's highest rated show ever? Ever. So maybe that's why they're they're spinning. It's like they're working. They're Walking Dead, right? They're just spinning everything off of it like they can. It's shocking to me that what well, what else? Spike doesn't really have. They don't have original scripted television. Well, they tried. They had that football show, Blue Mountain State. Oh, that was on Spike. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, they they're getting a movie show, though, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. Like, when was the last time you watched Spike? I don't even know. Uh, uh, like, that's why I'm telling you, I have no idea what they air besides <laughs> Lip Sync Battle. And are you watching Horace and Pete? I still have not started yet. It's one of those ones I, based on its its intermittent release schedule, and probably they're not going to be. There's only a couple episodes. It, I can catch up. I I figured I'd just bank it, so I will get back to it at some point oh i watched the first episode and 
it's not motivating me to <laughs> to watch future episodes, despite what Alan Sepinwall says. Um, there are people who are enjoying it. Yeah I, I, yeah, I need to see it just to take in the differences between. You it's know. it's my revenant. <laughs> Finally, um, I had this idea for a series of posts on animriff.com called the sampler. This is years ago because I love. He, I love s- samples in music when artists sample other other artists or other sounds. And the the idea of the series would be like every intermittently intermittently I I would uh, share songs with weird samples in them. So like one post would be songs that sample film dialogue, and so you'd have Fun Loving Criminals, Scooby Snacks, which samples Pulp Fiction. Or any or that Atari, pirate band. That Atari song. Yeah. That Atari song that samples Goodwill Hunting. They also sampled Clarks. So so that was the idea. And this week I discovered Little Yachty. And God bless the internet for just sort of opening the Pandora's box of uh not God bless the internet, God bless like technology, just cheap audio uh, software. And allowing uh, allowing these things to exist, right? Yeah, yeah. So play the first one. What is it called? It's Lil Yachty. I got the bag, and that's B. I got the bag. That's B A A G. <laughs> it's uh, here close. Is- All right. So that's uh, the castle music from uh, Super Mario Brothers Three. Uh, before he goes on to the uh, the airships, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Mar- Mario yeah. games are ripe for sampling. There's so much good stuff in there. Yeah. So I, I I think I've ever heard that one. Like I did not expect anyone to ever sample that 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 music. Because which which one is that in? What one is that? It's Super Mario Bros. Three. That's oh, three. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, play the second one. This this is uh, All Times. Is the All name right. of the song. Alright, that's um, This is uh, The Rugrats theme, right? Yep Yeah, I remember um, <laughs> Some years back hearing uh, A song that sampled the Ren and Stimpy oh, Show yeah. So, you know, perhaps you could put together A, a Snick yeah. EP Somebody's gotta be able to chop up like Hey Dude too, you know There's gotta be something there's some good stuff I, I, there. I feel like you can find someone sampling the all the all that theme song. Oh yeah, uh, that was or, already kind of hip hoppy in the first place. So I yeah. I prefer the ones that aren't and they turn it into that. Roundhouse. Oh god. Are, are, are you are, did are are you afraid of the dark? Somebody should make something real doomy with that one. I don't know what it was though. I don't. I'm that's not coming to mind. All right. No. Um, <laughs> one of the few things to ever genuinely scare me was an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I feel so stupid admitting that. Which one was it? I don't. I don't even remember. It was just some random episode I caught. I'm just like, wow, that that's that's scary. And it got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for admitting All right, it. Last, the last one is my favorite. Here you go. All right, little little yachty, ice water. Another day, this bullshit. The ice cream Dang. truck yeah. song. The ice cream truck song. I feel like that's that's had to have been sampled elsewhere though. I've never heard it. I've never heard anyone sample the ice cream truck. Yeah, it, it, first of all, where where do you find that MP3, right? 
I don't, you chase a truck down, man, and you just record it. There's some like <laughs> pository of uh, music. It's in some music. It's on Spotify. The the ice cream truck song. Well, is I man, I I know I've heard it somewhere though. That one that one isn't as shocking to me as the other ones. The other two were good. I mean, the Rugrats. He should do more Nickelodeon stuff. I I think I saw one. He he samples like a a scene from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Well, the guy's not very old, right? He's like 1920. Uh, you know, I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. I think that just like that's the cutoff for people from my generation. If if you're really into SpongeBob SquarePants, maybe not. The cutoff for me, I think, was I remember catching like the first season or two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. So, like, after the Green Ranger became the White, White Ranger. Ranger. That's what kind of tailed off after that, and so I, I, I missed Pokemon yeah, entirely. Not not part of my life. SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, I think we cut off at about the same time there in that regard. Yeah. Hey, live action uh, Power Rangers movie is currently in production. Yeah, I saw that it has like six writers. <laughs> Always a good sign. I think Elizabeth Banks is uh, Rita. Yeah, Repulsa, yeah. Rita Repulsa. That huh. should be cheap, though. You could just hire a bunch of stuntmen and just have just pay Elizabeth Banks all the money. You right? saw, you saw that gritty Power Rangers uh, deal that what's his yeah, name yeah. made, right? All right, just just making sure. Maybe uh, in light of uh, Deadpool, R-rated Power Rangers. Well, and that's kind of what that that one was. Well, who was it? Joseph Kahn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it actually wasn't that bad of a short. <laughs> I've seen worse things. I mean, we've seen the gritty reboot thing of a lot of stuff. It was okay. All right, that's it for this episode. You can find me on AdamRuff.com and on Twitter at AdamRuffs with an S at the end. And you can find me on Twitter at Zombieologist, and you can email us at BackwashAudio at gmail.com. And... You're already listening to us, so I suspect you're subscribed somehow. So please go leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Please don't. Do it, please. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you around. Here's Thornton now with Burr.